0: Good morning Citygate Church and all our online visitors. It is so good to be with you this morning. I am so excited to be preaching today and I really feel I have a word from God for each one of you. So I just want to pray first of all and I just want to pray that you will get that word that you need that God has got for you. So Father God, I pray right now for every single person who's watching this digitally, whether it is today on Sunday or whether it's gonna be through the week or in the next week or in the next months. Father God, I pray that each person will get a word from you and that word will be the word that they need, that word that they have maybe been longing for, that the word they didn't even know that they needed because you are a good God and you want to bless your people. So I pray that in Jesus' name. And as I pray, I pray that I communicate and I speak words of life to everyone this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, for some of you, because I know a lot of you are Citygate people, but some of our guests this morning, you might not know who I am. I'm Sally, I'm an Associate Pastor at Citygate Church. I look after all the pastoral side. I look after integration. I look after the small groups. I look after the actual pastoral. I do the courses of Keys to Freedom and Growth Track. So I have a lot of fun being an associate pastor at Citygate Church. But as I said, I am thrilled to be preaching Today and to come off the back of Pastor Julian's incredible uh, series on Elisha, I am very privileged to be speaking this morning. So let's get on. When I first started thinking about this preach, I decided that this title was going to be, I feel like I've run out of options. I feel like I've run out of options. And I don't know how many times I've heard those words from my friends, from my families, or I've even heard myself say them. I've run out of options. I have no more avenues to explore. My back's against the wall. There is no way out. I don't know what to do. And this can be said in so many areas of our lives. I've just written some down. In our businesses, I've run out of options. In our finances, I've run out of options. In my relationships, I've run out of options. Our marriage, I've run out of options. In our health, I've run out of options. And in the decisions that we make, I've run out of options. Then I decided, I was going to just change just a couple of words in my title. So the title this morning is When We Think We Are Running Out of Options. When We Think We Are Running Out of Options. So this preach is for us. But it's also for those who need to know our help and our care. I heard, I was at a conference uh, last week, and I heard this great uh, talk from this man who spoke about the Great Commission. And we know what the Great Commission is about. It's to make disciples. And then the great commandment to love God and to love our neighbours. And putting those together, we must remember that we are here to make disciples, but we're also here to love our neighbours. The church is the light to the world. And when there are people who are thinking, I have no hope, there are no options. My back is against the wall. We need to be that light in that darkness to say, do you know what? I can direct you to the hope. For some of us, we need to be directed to that hope, to know when we think we are running out of options, there is a way. My, I think it was my grandma, she always used to say, oh, if I said something like, I can't do this, she'd say, where there's a will, there's a way, Sally. If you just excuse me, I'm gonna be really cheesy and slightly change it. I want to change it, where there's Jesus, there's a way. And as we go through this preach, I want you to just get that in your spirit. Where there's Jesus, there is a way. So you might be thinking there's no option, but where there's Jesus, there's a way. I want to take you to four accounts in the Bible. The first one is in Samuel um, chapter 1, verse 16. Now the Lord said to Samuel, you have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel, so fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. And then there's a few more verses and you hear that Samuel the prophet gets the oil. He goes off to Bethlehem. He finds Jesse and he asks Jesse to bring out all of his sons. Let's go back to the story. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Elab and thought, Surely this is the Lord's anointing. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see the things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son Abindab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen either. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. I just wanna pause the story before we go into the last bit. The Lord hasn't chosen any of Jesse's sons. Samuel must have failed. There is no other option. And I don't know about you, but sometimes we feel that. We feel that God has told us to do something and we go forward and we do it and there's no option. I have to say, I think if I'd been in Samuel's situation, I would have left pretty quickly and got, I am so sorry. I apologise for getting all of you out, all of your sons. I've obviously heard wrongly. Please, please, I am leaving now. And I would have left. But Samuel, going back to the story says, then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? And we know the story. Jesse tells him, yes, I actually do have a son. I have a younger son called David. And we know what happens. David comes down from the fields. The prophet Samuel anoints him with oil and David becomes the king of Israel. The first point I want to make, when you think you're running out of options, you ask a question. I was talking to a really good dear friend of mine and I was actually talking to her about the preach I was going to to do She lives quite far away. And I think we were having a little Zoom conversation and she just said, oh, that so reminds me of me. And she gave me her story and gave me the permission to tell a little bit of her story. Um, She has always been a very fit person. She's always been walking everywhere. She doesn't drive, so she loves walking. But the last two years, something has gone wrong with her knee and she's not been able to walk. So she's gone to the doctors. she's gone to the hospital, and there were options she could have, but unfortunately the options, the injections, caused great side effects that she wasn't able to have them. So suddenly the doctors are saying, do you know what, there is no option. You are not ready to have any major operation, major knee surgery at all, that's not it. You've run out of options. You've probably got a few years until that happens. So my friend was already unable to leave the house because her knee hurt so much. So she said to me, she was like that persistent widow. She was Googling. She was ringing up. She was doing all of that. And she kept asking questions. But why? How? Can you? What's going to happen? And I can tell you that today, as I was chatting to her that time and today, She's had an operation. She found somebody who said, you know what? I know I can do something. I can get you walking again without any pain. And my friend is four weeks into post-op and she's already walking down to the local shops, something that she hasn't been able to do for months and months and months. Why? She asked the question. Can I ask you, Are you asking the questions to your school? Are you asking those questions to the uni? Are you asking those questions to the bank manager? Are you asking those questions, like my friend, to your doctor? So the first point is ask the question. The second point is don't get stuck in the old dialogue. Samuel must have felt quite blindsided by all the other sons. The story in his head. The dialogue in his head was he thought he knew exactly what the King of Israel was to look like. So when all these sons came, oh that must be him, oh it must be him, it must be him. He had an old dialogue going on in his head. Can I ask how many times are we blindsided by the story in our head? I'm often having problems with IT and bits and pieces with my phone, and even sometimes the way I think. And my kids are very, very honest to me. And they will look at me and, ma- uh, me and go, mum, you are such a boomer. Why are you thinking like that? And I love it because it challenges me, because there is a set way that sometimes I think. I do have a set dialogue in my head. I do have the things that I think of. And suddenly everything changes and there's more options. I can remember 20 years ago, we were trying to buy a house. And uh, unfortunately uh, my father had died and we were going to bring my mum and my brother into my house, our household. And my brother had some disabilities. And I say all of this so that you can see the challenges of trying to buy a house. We wanted to try and get, make sure that my mum had her privacy. We wanted to make sure it was okay for my brother. We had two young children, a two year old and a five year old. We needed to be looking at schools. We were still sort of quite youngly mar- young married couple. So finances, we had quite a cap on our finances. And we found a house. It was in Crofton Lane and it was perfect. And we put an offer on, we got the offer accepted. We were trying to sell two houses at the same time. One got sold very quickly and the other one was under offer. Cut a long story short. We lost the house. The people were very nice, but we lost the house. And it was because our our buyers pulled out as well. The dialogue in my head was this was the perfect house. The dialogue in my head was this was the house that God had given us. There were no other options at all. And I had to say, in all honesty, I was probably quite miserable to be around because I was very, very upset about this. And it was in the days when you got pieces of paper about houses and I can remember reading them them um, going no no and in my dialogue it was like not like Crofton Lane not as nice bedrooms for the boys oh, the garden wouldn't be good for the boy no uh the kitchen no 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 and I just set my dialogue that was the house and this went on for quite a while until my husband said to me I just want to go round and look at another house again. He said, I think we're going to go on an appointment. We're going to go on Saturday. I said, we've looked at that house. It doesn't, it's, it's not right. There's this, this, this. And then I started thinking, I can't remember what the this, this is, but okay, we'll go and have a look. We stepped into this house. It was perfect. There was room to do an annex for my mom. There was room for um, my brother to have everything that he needed. We need near all the schools. The house was within our financial uh, cap, everything was perfect. Because I had to suddenly stop the dialogue in my head. I was so fixated on that house, nothing else mattered. So I wanna challenge you, don't get stuck in old dialogue and in old stories. Isaiah 43, 18 to 19 says, do not remember the former things. I wish somebody had told me. Do not remember that former house, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. When you think you're running out of options, don't get stuck in old dialogue. My second story is from Exodus 14. And just very quickly to summarise the story, uh, the Israelites have left Egypt. They are travelling through, Pharaoh has allowed them to go. But he actually, after allowing them to go, has changed his mind. And I love it in the Bible, because he says he got 600 of the best chariots and all the, the rest of his chariots, and they are pursuing Moses and the Israelites. And you can just imagine it from that happy place, yeah, we're out of slavery, to suddenly turning round, to see all these chariots coming out of Egypt, to turn round to see the Red Sea. And the Israelites say, why did you bring us to die in the wilderness? What are they saying? We've run out of options. We're gonna die or we're gonna die. There is no other option at all. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians which you see today, you shall see again no more. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. You know the rest of the story? Moses lifts up his staff and the Red Sea divides and the people go through into the promised land. My third point is, trust. Trust that God is fighting for you, and he will rescue you, and you will find your peace. I heard um, a story, I was reading it from my um, daily devotions, and it's an American story. And the narrator is uh, a grown woman now, but she was relating a story of when she was very young, And in America, you get onto little buses to go off to school. So you know those yellow buses? So she used to get on her yellow bus to go to her kindergarten or whatever it was. And there was a bully on this bus. And this bully kept bullying this girl and saying things. And she was very, very upset. And one day, she just tells her big sister about it and says, you know, it's just horrible. I dread it. I feel sick getting on that bus. I feel really anxious. There's nothing I can do. I I, I don't know what to do. The next morning, she's sitting on the bus. And suddenly, up from the bus, comes her sister onto that bus. She sits next to her little sister. And the little sister says, just having her sister there, her big sister, just having that presence of her. She felt that peace. She knew her sister was fighting for her. She knew that she was safe. Can I just remind you that we have God's presence 24-7. And as I said in point three, trust God is fighting for you and will rescue you can I tell you, God is on your bus. If your bus is, you feel there is no options, you're feeling, what should I do? What should I do this? And you feel like you may be on that bus of just chaos. God is on your bus. And I will say, if you are watching this with other people in your living room, you turn to them, you tell them, God is on your bus. The presence of God is with you. He is here. He is fighting for you and he will rescue you. My third story is from 2 Kings 4.1. I know we've had so many weeks of Elisha and I thought you might be missing it. So I bought an Elijah story. (laughs) 2 Kings 4 verse 1, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah saying, your servant, my husband is dead and you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. I don't know what, how this widow must have felt but she had these two sons, she had this amazing huge amount of debt, and she was going to sell her sons into slavery. She had run out of options, but she went to the prophet, the man of God, Elijah. My fourth point is when you think you're running out of options, go to the source of truth. Mother Teresa says, when Jesus is all you've got, you discover Jesus is all you need. And because it's a Mother Teresa quote, I'm going to say it again. When Jesus is all you've got, you discover Jesus is all you need. I want to ask you, when you think you're running out of options, where do you run? Do you run? to the latest Netflix and watch a film and go into that fantasy land? Do you get on your PlayStation or your gaming and just get again, go into a a fantasy land? Because you don't have to think about it. When you've run out of the options and your back's against the wall and you can't see any way out, do you go to the glass of wine? Do you go to the horoscope? Do you go to those friends? And I say friends very lightly, the ones that just stoke the problem, the ones that go, oh, it's bad. Yes, yes, you're you're not going to get out of this. There's no way out. Those type of friends. Or maybe you just bury your head in the sand. Do you know what Jesus said? He said, I am the way, I am the truth and I am the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father too. When you think you're running out of options, you go to the source of truth, and that is Jesus. And just for my fourth account, I want to talk about Jesus. I want to tell you about Matthew 26, verse 42. Because today, this Sunday, is actually Palm Sunday. We're coming in to what certain churches would call Holy Week. So Palm Sunday is when Jesus goes in and everyone's got their palm leaves and they're singing Hosanna and they're singing and the praise and worship is probably as loud as it is on a Sunday in Citygate Church but we're going to move on a little bit for more than that. He's, he's already done, he's done the supper with his disciples, but he's gone to the garden of Gethsemane. And in Matthew 26, verse 42, it says, he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. In some ways, Jesus had run out of options and he's asking his father that question. Oh, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. He knew there was going to be pain. He knew there was going to be suffering. He knew that he was going to die on that cross. But he knew it was for the greater good. Sometimes the options that we have and are open to us are painful. And it's only in the looking back we see what the situation has taught us and the good that's come out of that situation. I wanna wonder how many businesses have changed the way they trade? And it's been difficult and it's been painful and maybe they've had to lay off staff but now they're trading for the better. How many families have had to change the way they do family life for the better? So how many students at uni maybe have changed their course? Maybe they changed university. How many GCSE uh, pupils have changed GCSEs? Yes, it's painful. Yes, it might take a little bit more hard work, but they've found their way. They've found their option. How much do we learn about ourselves in the hard places? We suddenly realise we are smarter. We are wiser than we ever thought we were. Jesus took the cup. That was his option. And by taking that cup, that meant that on Good Friday, he was going to die on a cross. He was bruised. He was beaten and then he was crucified. The worst type of torture and death possible. And he did that because that was his option. He did that because he wanted a relationship with us, with me, with you. That's why Jesus did it. That relationship had been broken and now Father God said, I am sending my dearly beloved son, because I want humans to know me, to have that intimate relationship with me. And that's what Jesus did. And because of that option, we have an option. And I wanna talk to you about that option. I've spoken about Jesus saying, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes next to the Father except through me. To know me is to know my Father. I want to ask you a really bold question. I want to ask you, do you want to know Jesus? For some of you, maybe you did before. And maybe with just life, you've sort of moved away. But this is your day. This is your day to come back. Jesus, would, if he was here, he'd be beckoning you, saying, come on. Come on, come back to me. For some of you, you have been asking those questions. You're thinking, I've run out of options. I'm asking some questions. I'm talking to friends. I want to know what this Jesus is about. This is that moment when you can take that option. This is that moment. If we were in church in person, I'd ask you to raise your hand and say yes to Jesus and say, yes, I want to say yes to Jesus, being my Lord, my saviour. I wanna say yes for him to be my friend. I understand who this Jesus is. I understand what he has done for me. But we're online. But there is a button that you can press called next steps. And there are people in a connect lounge who would love to talk to you, who would love to pray for you, would love to help you take that next steps on that journey of knowing Jesus. I hope that this morning some of you are going to take that option and say do you know what this is it this is my option I am going to say yes to Jesus. So I'm going to ask you to do one thing with me I'm going to ask you to pray with me pray this prayer we call it the prayer of salvation and all it is is we are saying yes to Jesus and turning away from the things that we may be doing before saying turning away from the things that we don't want to do anymore and we're just saying yes I want that relationship with you so come along and pray with me heavenly father thank you that you love me And you show this by sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I give my life to you. I turn away from my old life. And I receive you as Lord, Saviour and Friend. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Church. We will see you next week, Easter Sunday. And just remember... Where there's Jesus, there's a way.